Ah, well, good morning. So, I'm conscious that it's a while since I've been at the 11.30 service, so not all of you may know me. My name's Ruth Jives. Uh, I'm married to the wonderful Joe Kelly, and I'm a lay reader. I, I just had to put that in, just context. Um, I'm a lay reader here, uh, mainly involved in the 10 o'clock service, which is why you don't see much of me unless you're coming in and I'm walking out. So, um, by loads of different things that happened, um, you have me this morning, so uh, I hope that's okay. If, if not, you can just have a little snooze. Not you, Joe, you have to listen. Um, and uh, yeah, anyway, so just to put our, the talk this morning into context, I, if you don't mind, I'd like to spend a minute or two just reading what was the gospel reading, or what is the gospel reading for this morning. And it's a passage from Luke 2, verse 41 to 52, and it's about uh, when Jesus was 12 years old and was up uh, in Jerusalem with his family. So let's listen as I read the word of God together. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover, and when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in their company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, seeking him. Now so it was that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he had spoken to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Let's just pause and pray together for a moment. Father, thank you for your word this morning. And I ask, Father, that as I speak, Father, that your words would come forth and would settle in our hearts. I pray this morning that all who hear your word will be touched and will be changed. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now I'll just put that down there. So I wonder, have you ever lost something that's precious to you? Maybe you've lost a piece of jewelry or a coat or even your glasses. That's always a good one. Glasses on the top of the head and you're going looking for them and you can't find them. Maybe you've lost your favorite pen. Generally, when we lose something, what we do is we retrace our steps to the last time that you had it and start the search from them. Well, that's what I do anyway. It always helps. It's like walking into a room and wondering what you came in for. If you go back to what you had been doing, you very often remember. Or maybe that's just me. <laughs> so I have some understanding of what it might have been like for Mary and Joseph when they lost Jesus coming from the temple. Back in the year 2000, at about this time of the year, I was traveling to Australia 
on my own with my three children who were 15, 14, and 10 at the time. So I needed eyes everywhere. On one of our long stopovers at Singapore Airport, <clears throat> I misplaced, stroke, lost my youngest son, Samuel. We were leaving a shop when I stopped to look at something that had caught my eye. And as with 10-year-old boys, when I turned around, he was nowhere to be seen. So I stayed as calm as I could, retraced my steps back to where I'd left my older son at the departure gate with all the baggage, but he wasn't there either. So trying not to panic the rest of the clan, I thought, what on earth am I going to do? And I remember that sense of panic that was welling up inside me. If any of you have misplaced your children, you'll understand what I mean. But then I'm sure nobody else loses, misplaces their children like I do. So this was in a really, really busy airport in Singapore. And that whole thing of losing a needle, finding a needle in a haystack seemed a little bit easier than trying to find a 10-year-old boy in the middle of the melee of Singapore Airport. If anybody's been there, you'll know what I mean. Um, yeah. So I did what any sensible person would do, any responsible mother, and I went to the information desk, had him paged, left my 14-year-old daughter standing at the desk, because, of course, if I went off, if we both went off together, who was going to be there when he showed up, in that hope that he might show up? So I left Rachel there and I went off and there I was looking along these rows and rows of shops wondering where do I start? So I have to confess this wasn't something new to me either. I kind of had a habit of losing Samuel in shopping centres and things. So my instruction to him was always, if you lose me, because I it wasn't admitting that I ever lost him, if you lose me, Go to somewhere, stand in the one place, and I will find you. Or go to the security man at Nutgrove, particularly, was a great place to lose him. Go to the security guy at the door and just stand there. Because if he's going this way looking for me and I'm going that way looking for him, you can imagine, it just gets worse and worse. Anyway, as I searched, I stopped and suddenly I thought, what would Samuel do? Where, would he, where is he most likely to be? And then the light went on and I walked over there was a, a computer gadget electrical shop, and there he was, sitting outside, playing on his Game Boy. He wasn't lost at all. So he could well have responded to me in a similar way that Jesus responded to Mary and Joseph. He could have just said to me, Mom, you knew where I'd be. You knew I'd be outside the computer shop. So I'm sure you can imagine my relief in finding him, mixed with my frustration that he hadn't paid more attention and stayed by my side. So our reading this morning finds Mary and Joseph uh, bringing Jesus and presumably the rest of their family to Jerusalem for the Passover, according to the custom. <clears throat> now, lest I keep this, uh, this comparison too close, in fairness to Mary and Joseph, it was the custom at the time that when people traveled to Jerusalem for the Passover, the women and the children would travel in the front because generally they might be a little bit slower because of the little ones and all the things they had to do. The men and the older boys travel behind. So actually, Jesus being 12 wouldn't have been traveling with his mom and dad. Well, he might have been with his dad, but in this case, it's, it seems to us that Mary and Joseph were traveling together as they left Jerusalem to come back home again. So it actually wasn't that odd that a whole day would have passed before they went to look for him, because they would have assumed that he was right there behind. So that's just to, you know, in case you think that 
I'm just following Mary and Joseph's footsteps, losing my child. So, if you can imagine, after a day's journey, they go and they look for Jesus among the people where they expected him to be, realized there was no sign of him, back a day's journey, spent a day in Jerusalem looking for him, and found him in the temple courts. So they retrace their steps, just like any of us would do when we've lost something. Then Mary's reaction, note the exchange. Mary's reaction was, son, why have you done this? Why have you done this to us? Don't you know that your dad and I were searching frantically for you? And Jesus calmly responding, but didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? This is kind of the first time that we begin to see Jesus realizing his calling, realizing who he is. He knew what he was about. He was now 12 years old, the point where Jewish boys became men. Mary and Joseph would have been good Jewish parents and raised him according to the Jewish law. The law that God had given Moses many years before. And as we find in Deuteronomy 6, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all, all your might. And these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your sons and daughters. And you shall teach them when you sit down in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lay down and when you rise up. This is what Mary and Joseph would have taught Jesus for 12 years up to this point. And it's one of the ways that helped Jesus increase in wisdom. Early in his life, he would, have, he would have understood the joy of studying the scriptures, which encouraged him to seek godly wisdom rather than the wisdom that the world relies. So Mary and Joseph found Jesus in the temple courts amongst the teachers, listening and asking questions. Everyone is amazed at his level of understanding. He was about his father's business. Jesus wasn't searching. Jesus knew. Woven through the gospel accounts of the Christmas story, we hear of people searching. We hear of the wise men following the star in search of Jesus. The people had been waiting for 400 years for their coming Messiah. In a sense, they were searching. Not actively searching, but they were searching and waiting. King Herod, he went in search of the baby because he was so angry. He went in search of the baby, resulting in the death of a lot of little boys unnecessarily innocent little boys. The shepherds went in search of the baby. We read in the scriptures that they found him lying in a manger. So they left the hillside and they went in search of Jesus. Simeon, if you remember that story, Simeon had been waiting for years in the temple. He'd been told by the Holy Spirit that he wouldn't die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. He was waiting, he was searching, and he found Jesus. The prophetess Anna, who had worshiped night and day in the temple for many, many years, she had found what she was searching for or what she was waiting for. Sometimes we search for things we've lost and sometimes we search for things that we hope will come about. So I wonder, have you lost something that you need to search for, something that you need to find as we head into 2019? Maybe there's relationships that are damaged or broken, a falling out with a family member or with a friend. Family and friends are vitally important in our lives. And when a relationship has been lost through a disagreement, it affects our lives deeply. As human beings, we all need a sense of connection, of belonging, 
and broken relationships can damage that connection. The most important relationship, as I'm sure you all know, is our relationship with God, with Jesus, and with the Holy Spirit. Mary and Joseph, they traveled on a whole day from Jerusalem before they realized that Jesus was missing, and it took a further two days before they were reunited, reunited with him. How far will you travel before you realize that you have misplaced Jesus in your life. It's worth pausing to consider that. How far will you travel before you realize that you have misplaced Jesus in your life? Are you sure that he is still with you on your journey? Are you sure you haven't misplaced him? When is the last time that you felt you really needed Jesus? When was the last time you called on him? Maybe you haven't felt you've needed him for some time. Maybe you feel like you're smart enough or strong enough on your own and you only call on him in times of desperation. Maybe your relationship with Jesus is a bit on the shallow side and although you think he's with you, really you've misplaced him and you haven't realized it yet. Sometimes we can be so busy rushing around that we take it for granted that he's there somewhere, a bit like Joseph and Mary taking it for granted that Jesus was somewhere in the crowd, or for me taking it for granted that my son would just stay by my side at the airport. Another way that we can lose our contact with Jesus is in wanting him to be where we are instead of just being where he is. We want Jesus to come and solve our problems or to help us out in a situation, but we don't, we don't just take the time to be where he is and to spend time in that place with him. At the very end of Matthew's Gospel, Jesus says these words, Surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. We've sung already this morning about Jesus being with us. We don't have to search for Jesus. He is here and he is with us. And he's longing to have that relationship with us. All we have to do is turn to him. Relationship is best worked out in family. And that's what we are here together. We are family, we are church family, we are part of Holy Trinity. We're visiting, but we're still part <clears throat> of God's family. You actually are my church family. So whilst I'm more connected at the moment with the 10 o'clock because of the work I'm doing, Holy Trinity is my church family. In this place, with you, with all the other people in the 10 o'clock congregation, is where I find love, I find acceptance and I feel safe. I didn't search for you. <clears throat> I didn't go off on a search for Holy Trinity. The Lord brought me here. The Lord planted me in this place five and a half years ago. And I am here to serve. At the moment I'm serving in the 10 o'clock. But I'm here to serve. I'm here to help you on your journey. 
The most important relationship I have in my life, <clears throat> above my relationship with Joe, above my relationship with my children, is my relationship with God. He searched for me. He came down from heaven as a baby in a manger for me. He died on the cross for me and for you. He did all of this for us because he loves us and he wants a relationship with us. So at the end of this year, with all its joys, with all its sorrows, the good, the bad, and the ugly of 2018, where do you find yourself with Jesus? Is he distant and far off to you? Is he real to you, but you only call on him in times of trouble? Did you once have a close relationship with him, but it's gone cold, or you feel you've lost it altogether? Perhaps you're angry with him because of something in your life that hasn't worked out the way you wanted it, or the way you thought it might. Jesus is still here. Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Perhaps for you, life is going great. You feel you can do it on your own and you don't need Jesus, but he's still here. He delights in you, he loves you, and he wants to journey with you in all things. So I want to encourage you to go and search for him as we head into 2019. You might ask me, how do you do that? Well, it's going to be different for everybody. But all you need to do is call on him. All you need to do is spend time with him, sit with him, sit with the scriptures, speak to him, call on him, ask him into your life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Every situation you find yourself in, Jesus is there. He is with you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to help you. He wants to give you peace. He wants to give you comfort. He wants to give you hope. He wants to lavish his love on you. So as we head into 2019, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. He will fulfill all your needs. You won't have to look far. He is with us. God is with us. Emmanuel. Amen.